and welcome back to the Get Loved Up podcast. I am so happy to have you here. And today we have a special guest. Hello, Akosia. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am so good. And I am still high from the energy that you brought in the Get Loved Up (laughs) retreat. Wow. Oh, I'm glad. Where did you get out? You've been doing this. I was reading um, up on you. You've been doing this since you were three years old. Three. Um, It's everyone thinks it's so crazy, but I don't know anything else. So it's just just normal to me. (laughs) And just to give everyone a little background, um, Akosia did the um, African dance slash fitness um, at our Get Loved Up retreat and rocked us. I mean, our bodies were feeling it. We felt good, we felt invigorated. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Because your your background and your story is just... Mm -hmm phenomenal of how you've taken this thing. Like you said, you've just done it naturally since birth, but now you've created a massive community and career from this passion. Yeah. Um, so since age three, um, well, I'm born into, um, a contradiction. So my family's Ashanti from Ghana. So dance is just really life. Um, so I've been on the stage since I was three, but it wouldn't be till I was maybe 12 that I realized it actually was a stage. Um, so my life as a dancer is kind of a combination of ritual dance and performing, performing arts from um, Ghana, Ivory Coast, Mali, Guinea and Senegal. And then um, everybody thought I was going to go to undergrad and get the um, degree in dance. And I just looked around me and so many of my friends, their careers were over by the time they were 30s, just the injuries and, and the lifestyles they were living in this, this dance industry just kills your body. Um, so instead of going into dance, I went into sports medicine and um, I did not intend to create any of this, but you know, certain circumstances I was in undergrad and I was just like, okay, I need a job. And I didn't want to work at a desk. I didn't, you know, want to do things that made me unhappy because already in school, you need something to balance everything out. So at that time, you know, dance fitness was just starting to boom. So I went into a local gym and they were like, what can you do? And off the spot, I just kind of put some things together. And then it just grew into this thing um, that I started pushing and, um, I no one knows this, but I didn't dance for an entire year um, just because the performance life was so frustrating. Um, but the fitness aspect of it kind of helped me get back into it because it was like, oh, well, yes, you can approach this industry as yourself. Um, so around right after undergrad was when I really started to perform again, started to teach again. It had been so long Um and honestly thought everyone forgot that I was a dancer, but I was just <laughs> amazed by the support that came from it. And then, you know, it became less about paying bills. And I just saw the impact it had, like people needed to move, people needed to heal. And I said, okay, well, you know, I guess it's the calling. I guess I'll keep going and keep building. Um, but yeah, it's just a combination of, you know, dance is my life, but more so movement is my life. So the rehab and the dance is just one in one for me. 
Mm, well, wow. Thank goodness that you kept with that passion. You decided to share it with others. And can you tell a little bit about kind of the struggle? Because I know a lot of people, they're like, oh, I love to dance too. And I want to get into it, but it's not that easy. Can you talk a little bit about some of the setbacks that you had when you decided like, all right, I want to take this thing and I want, I want to make something of it. Yeah, it's it's really not easy. And I'm almost disappointed at how the industry portrays this um, career because it, it's for me, I think it's just too image based. And I think it really loses what it is that you're really doing. And for me, I came from the generation where, you know, it was more about the skill and the technique and how many hours you put into the studio. The performance aspect was something that came last for us. You know, like we had to go through a little rite of passage before we were even able to teach. And so the dance industry now is it's completely different and it's really hard. That has been one of my major setbacks is trying to adjust to the image based promotion aspect of what that the dance industry is now. But I think the most important thing to people who are trying to get into it is to figure out how you want to be a part of the industry. Everybody doesn't have to be a performer to be a dancer, you know, everybody doesn't have to be a dance instructor. Everybody doesn't have to be a choreographer. Um, understand what a choreographer is. You know, there's just so many different ways to get into it. And I think if you don't really establish what that is, then that it's so easy to get lost. You know, it's so easy to get injured. It's so easy to just get pressured by, you know, content. You have to push content, push content, and then that becomes so much pressure that we lose the inspiration because life is so fast now. So for me, the setback has really been, okay, what do I want to be inside of dance? Um, and it took me a while to realize I don't want to be a dancer. I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to be a cultural ambassador. And at the end of the day, you know, dance is already in me. Like I said, I was dancing before I knew what it was. It's just, it's how I pray. It's how I communicate back home. So I, that has been the really, the biggest setback for me is understanding what exactly it is. Because this industry makes it seem like if you're not a performer, you're not a dancer. And I think that's, um, that comes with so much baggage because as a performer, you have to step into something else. Like you have to step into a different persona. And if that's all you're doing, you it's so easy to lose yourself. I love so that, that has been the biggest setback for me. I love that because it sounds like you're not just saying you have to find your purpose, but you actually have how to decide how you want to take your purpose and how you want to pursue that as your exactly. career. And it's totally up to you. Exactly. And I, a lot of times we think that it's not up to us. We think that it's up to how much money comes in doing this thing or doing this particular thing. And it becomes like you're just chasing money or you're chasing trends and you don't realize that, you know, if you create this space for yourself, you know, the wealth will come to you. Like you can demand that what you want comes to you if you create that space. And it's, it's really sad that you know, the dance, even the fitness, especially the fitness industry is not pushing that. And I think that's where a lot of the mental illnesses in the dance and fitness industry. And I've, 
you know, being a rehab specialist and a teacher in all these arenas and being in the community and the commercial industry part of it, I've, I've seen the good and the bad of it. So I really think, yeah, decide what you want to do, not just what you want to be, but what exactly, what impact you want to have. I mean, if you want to be a performer, cool. That's, that's absolutely great. But even then, you know, like, understand what that means because that is uh, it can be a little tricky you know especially the performing part but well, we're very passionate about mental health and get loved up so can you share a little bit about what what person is a lot of people listening who are performers who are dancers or went from dance to yoga but still have that passion yeah. can you share a little bit about the mental health challenges maybe you personally went through and how you kind of like overcame that yeah. or people that you know who have been through Definitely. mental health challenges? Um, I'll start with myself. Um, my personal challenges started with um, being an African dancer, growing up as a traditional African dancer. Um, once I got out into the world, because I, I admit I was sheltered as a um, dancer because I grew up, you know, back home, the the ballet mentality is just like a village. You know, yeah, we, we still audition. We still have to do all of that. But it's just like you're just putting your traditions on stage. Right. Um, and then when you come out of that and you kind of go into the world, especially in, in the U.S., it's just like um, as a traditional African dancer, the stereotypes mm -hmm. can almost be consuming. So you get these gigs where you're just like I've gotten gigs where I've just been a background for disease you know, an event uh, of, you know, trying to, that pictures Africa as poor. I've, and that, that's been my, you know, I'm just like, I'm this skilled dancer and I'm just here as the background or to make people feel, make it feel more African. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's what pushed me over the edge because for so long, you know, I was, I was able to pay the bills, but it was just like, I'm not, being acknowledged as a skilled dancer. And even worse, my culture is not being acknowledged as something that's a real human experience. Um, so for me, that was, that hit hard because even now it's just like how you picture African dance. It's just like, oh, well, it's just, it's just free up. It's just movement. But then you go into the ballet or to modern dance or even hip hop with that attitude and you are shunned, <laughs> shunned. Right. So that was my personal struggle in the beginning because even being that young, it was just like, well, maybe I'm not a dancer, um, you know? And, you know, maybe my skill and even my culture maybe just isn't that serious or isn't that important. That was my personal struggle in the beginning. And then going with that attitude into the commercial side of the industry, it was just like piling everything on because you get there and it's just like, well, my hair is completely natural. <laughs> you know, I had never straightened or I'd never like natural my whole life. So that was something different. Um, you know, and then going into rehearsals was different. Like I was used to going into rehearsals, ready to sweat, not going into rehearsals, made up, ready to audition, you know? So it was a, for me, it was a complete culture shock. And that really did something to my spirit as a dancer. Um, and then going into the fitness industry now, I, that's when I took a break and then went into the fitness industry. And I was introduced to fitness completely different than everyone I was working with. 
I came into it through kinesiology, through biomechanics and, you know, motor learning. That's like I was on my way to med school. And then when I got to my first job as a personal trainer, it was like I literally had my manager was like, your pants aren't tight enough. You can't wear track pants in the gym. You know, we need you to do more strength training because, you know, your your stomach is flat, but we need a little bit more definition. And I'm just like, but, you know, I have and I'm in, I'm literally in the gym looking at these trainers killing bodies just like killing joints and just doing the wrong things. And I'm like, but my resume, <laughs> but my resume, <laughs> my resume, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, they were hiring gymnasts who had no certification training, but they had the body. They were, I remember being next to a physical therapist because um, there was this new fancy gym. Um, like, I mean, rooftop pool and bar kind of gym. And I remember me and a physical therapist were there and the 40 year old physical therapist didn't get the job. 17 year old gymnast who had never worked out anybody else in her life, got the job, got the posters. And then it's like the competition of they would literally post our paychecks every week. I'm just like, this is insane. So for me, it was just between the dance and the fitness, the culture shock of it being more about image and less about skill was something that broke me down, but also made me want to work harder with what exactly it is that I do. Mm. Um, and so I think if we could, whew, with Instagram now and Facebook and no one knows how to post a picture without a filter and, you know, we got to get surgery before we become fitness models. And I'm like, oh. so my clients are coming to me completely confused and discouraged. So it's, um, it has, I think that is probably the biggest struggle for dancers from my generation, because we're like, we're used to looking bad and killing the movement, not looking good and going lax on the movement. Like, so <laughs> it's, <laughs> Not to put anybody on the spot, but from that, that has been my biggest challenge. Just um, it's almost like the the world kind of flipped when I went public with what it is that I do. Yeah. And everybody I'm speaking, my, my peers, that it's been pretty much the same thing. So we're in this, we're, we're trying. <laughs> trying. Right. And I think you're not alone. And I think we're trying to speak more about that. And I'm glad you brought it up because I feel like it's bringing more awareness to like, where are we losing the quality? You exactly. know, it's just about, exactly. you know, appearances, but the quality. And I see that in yoga too. It's just about. Oh, I can imagine. Breath work. Uh, it's not about right. breath work and going deeper. It's about right. the handstand and about like exactly. how twisted can you get your body? And it's not about the lifestyle. It's exactly. about how you can say a Sanskrit word. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, Completely look just lost. And I've seen it with yoga. I'm like, you guys know this was a this is a religion in certain parts of the world. Like, where is the meditative aspect of what you're doing? It's just for like contortion. Are you a contortionist or a yogi? So I definitely I I've I get it. I definitely get it. So what message do you want to send out to the people that are listening to this podcast who are seeing the same things? Like, how do we stay focused on keeping the quality in and staying focused on our purpose 
without getting overly discouraged with yeah. all of the other that's out there mm-hmm. and it's not going yeah. anywhere. Um, to be perfect, I don't have an answer, but I can tell you what has helped me. Um, I'm still searching for that answer. Um, but I realized that connecting with like minds is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I think part of the the discouraging aspect is the fact that you think you're alone in this. And if you have that disposition, if you start to question your skills and your student loans <laughs> and all the time <laughs> that you put, I mean, because it's a real thing. It's just like, well, I put all in this hard work. All I had to do was get followers, right? So I think it's really important to connect with like minds and, you know, have the conversation with like minds. And I'm always amazed at how much more I learned just in conversations like this with people of like mind. Um, and I think even with the pressure to push content, I think we have to still believe that people really want quality. They just don't know what it is anymore. Um, anymore. Exactly. And I think um, that's probably just, I think just to keep going, just keep going. And I think get uh, we have to get more creative. I've realized that I'm a bit stubborn. I'm a lot stubborn. So I don't really, I haven't really changed um, how I push my content. So I, I realized that, you know, I'm known for not talking. And so this year I've tried to, you know, open my mouth a little bit more about the information that I do have. And then I realized, you know, people really are looking for the quality. Um, so I think to, the message is just to keep going because mm-hmm. people who are not pushing quality are definitely still going. <laughs> so absolutely, just keep, I love- keep going. I love that message because you're right. The people that's not quite, they're going to go and be consistent. So those who get discouraged, it's like what encourages me is that if you don't, then it won't be there. There will be. But the more I love that you said, just connect with like-minded people because that's what community is all about. And that's why we created the Get Loved Up community. Cause like, you know, this is a safe space for everyone to just be who they are. You don't have to be perfect. You can, we can talk about the flaws. Mm -hmm. We can talk about the challenges. We can talk about ways Mm -hmm. we feel guilt and shame and disrespected and neglected. And I feel like that does help just to know, Mm -hmm. like you said, that you are not alone. We're all right. feeling the frustration and mm-hmm. the disgust. And yeah, we're all we're all feeling it. It's your time to step into your full power and potential. Are you tired of playing small and ready to make a big difference in the world? If your answer is yes, then the Wellness Entrepreneur Mastermind is for you. This mastermind will give you all the tools you need to turn your passion into purpose and live from a space of abundance as you let go of your limiting beliefs and negative self-talk. We coach you to thrive one week at a time, one goal at a time. We teach you what's working right now and what's not so you can position yourself as a community leader and create real change in the world. If you're ready to level up and stand in your power, then go to KoyaWeb.com forward slash mastermind to join our next group of wellness entrepreneurs. Space is limited and your time is now. So don't delay. Make a difference today. I want to get a little bit into your your um, 
exercise physiology and the biomechanics background and really talk a little bit about how important that is, because I know that that is important to you, like the biomechanics and the movements and what's really happening with your body. So how do you incorporate that into your um, offerings? I like to tell people to start with their bodies first. Like that has to be, my mother has a saying, she's always saying to me, I didn't realize it until like, in my thirties, but she always used to say, you know, where we're from spirit comes first and circumstances come after. But mm-hmm. when we grow up in this place, circumstances come first and spirit comes after. So we always feel like we have to adjust our spirits to our circumstances as opposed to, you know, using spirit to deal with the circumstances. And I, I apply that to, to my fitness and even to dance, start with your body. Everybody wants to start with a goal that has nothing to do with themselves. Everybody wants to say, I have so many clients come to me. I want to look, I want to lose 30 pounds. Um, why? Do, why, why do you want to lose 30? Like, do you know what that looks like? And, oh, I want to look like I did when I was 21. You're never going to do that again. You're never going to be 21 again you know, improve upon where you are now. So for me, it's start with your body first. So I have people who say, you know, I want this. I'm like, okay, well, where are you now? What injuries do you have now? What discomfort do you have now? I can tone you up, but there's no point in me getting you toned if you can't walk in five years. So let's start with healing first, as opposed to changing how your body looks. So for me, I'm really big on joint stability and core stability because and it applies to dance in a way where when we get more, especially with African dance, when we get more into the commercial aspect of it, everybody's dancing with their limbs. They're dancing with their arms and their legs. And I know that sounds weird, but you're actually supposed to do it the other way around. You're supposed to dance from your center and then expand the energy out so that your joints are safe, but also so that the energy keeps traveling. You know, if you're just dancing with your arms and your legs, it's just, it's completely tiring. All of your force, all of your life is in your center. It's in your heart. It's in your, your core. It's in your womb. So for me, dance and fitness is the same. Let's start with core strength and, you know, pull that, that idea outward. So, What's the core of your joints? Let's start with the muscles around the joints that hold it in place so that we're not just dropping our weight and just wasting away at the cushion in between the joints. So if we strengthen the joints around it, maybe you won't need surgery because you can hold your body up in place, you know? And everything, you know, the other thing with fitness, it's like we judge it based on how much it hurts. And that's that's so dangerous because I had one of my mentors tell me a good trainer doesn't make you exhausted. A good trainer makes you better. So, you know, you can get through, anybody can get through a workout, but can you progress to the next workout? You know, if you finish this workout and it's just, it's not for your body, everybody's not supposed to do plyometrics. You know, everybody's not supposed to do absolute strength. You have to see where your body is first. Deal with your injuries first so that all you, the only way you can go from there is up as opposed to starting at a level that might get you toned and then you have to drop back down to rehab and lose all of your, your progress, right? Mm-hmm. So this industry has made it seem like if it's not an instant result, it's not going to happen. 
But if you take your time to that result, it might last. So much of what we do with fitness now is making the body react to certain stimuli as opposed to adapting to it. So with all of these crazy diets, okay, you're going to drop 20 pounds. Okay. I guess that's safe. You're going to drop 20 pounds. But once you finish the crazy diet, it's going to come right back because your body's reacting to something. It's not adapting to something, which is what it should be doing. Right. And I think a lot of that comes from the idea that it does not have to be instant gratification. It doesn't have to be instant satisfaction or instant replica of someone else's body. So for me, it's start with yourself. It didn't take you five days to get to where you are. It's not going to take you five days to get to where you want to be. But if you're okay with where you are now, you won't even need to worry about that timeline that you're creating. I love that. Absolutely. I love that. And I also love that you really broke down um, what happens in the body because Mm -hmm. I completely ruptured my ACL and I didn't get surgery. So I love that you call that out Mm -hmm. because what I did is I just strengthened my hamstring exactly. and my quadricep. Exactly. So now I can do all the yoga moves. I can run. I exactly. can do all the things, but I don't have an ACL. And a lot of people were like, you will never, like I was told by the doctor, you will never be able to do dynamic sports. You'll never be able to do this. You'll never. And I can do all of those things because our bodies are so miraculous. Right. Exactly. And the other, the people have to realize that it's okay to do your own research on your rehab. You know, you don't automatically, orthopedists are trained to do like snap fixes. They're trained, they're not trained to heal. They're trained to just fix, 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 right? Try to heal first. You know, that's what the body does naturally. Sometimes it does it blindly. You know, when you're healing in certain ways and the fascia lays wrong, the tissues lays wrong, but just like heal first, work on your alignment Um, Make sure all the length tension relationships around the joint are at the right place. Like, you know, the body is meant to recover. So try and recover first. And a lot of times it's your lifestyle as well. What's your diet look like? Sleep, what are your sleep patterns like? That has a lot to do with pain management if you actually rest, you know? Um, So yeah, definitely. I have so many of my clients and I was known for that when I finally found a gym that I liked. And I'm going in there thinking I'm going to train athletes and they're sending me all the injured and elderly people. But it's like so many of them came to me and said, my doctor said I can't squat. I'm going to say this now. I think that is the worst advice you can ever get because that is the most fundamental movement of life. How are you going to use the bathroom? How are you going to sit on the couch to be lazy? How are you going to get in the car? How are you going to get out of the car? Walk up steps. You know what I'm saying? The squat isn't everything. So it's also fundamental because it's healing, right? It's no deep impact into the joints. You know, it's isometric contraction. It's the right kind of stability around the joint. So instead of saying I can never squat again, learn to squat right. You know what I'm saying? Learn to push the weight back away from the joints and into the muscles that are going to carry it. So for me, it's just like, okay, heal. Don't just be quick to fix. Like you can, the body is okay. Obviously, if you need to go to that measure, fine, but try and heal first. Research. I love that. 
I love that heal versus fix, because it also goes back to what you said earlier about the spirituality and going back to spirit. And that's a philosophy that we definitely embrace with Gila. So going back to spirit and starting with that spiritual connection Mm -hmm. with yourself and then moving out to circumstance, because when you make that connection, you, I truly believe would be divinely guided to the path that is right for you. I know me, like when I did my healing for my back, I had a stress fracture, my back completely Mm -hmm completely rupture my ACL. You know, I had to pull a hamstring, you know, being an athlete, it happens. Yes, you're an athlete. And the other thing is people need to realize athletes are not normal. (laughs) As an athlete, your body is designed to do things that normal, normally you wouldn't be able to do. But the other thing is at the end of the day, we do have to acknowledge that everybody's not training athletes properly. Like Mm -hmm. if you look at um, LeBron James spends millions of dollars on his training. He has never had a major injury like some of these other athletes who just hit the weights, right? So if you're actually training properly as an athlete who just really is always beating on the body, it is possible to go without these crazy injuries. But I think because it's just such an established industry, no one ever questions Mm -hmm. um, what it is. There's one football team, I had to study it um, in grad school, and the coach was, I forget what it was, but the coach got so much backlash because he mandated that every player had to take yoga. Mm. All of them had to do yoga and then they all had to do Pilates. Like he he made them go through the entire fitness, um, the entire span of fitness as opposed to just hitting weights and just doing drills. So mm. he understood that the body is supposed to train in different modalities. And I think especially as athletes, especially as teachers really have to pay attention to that. Absolutely. Because my degree is in exercise science too. So the fascia, the health of the joints, the ligaments, everything that you said, like all of that is so important to the whole health and not just athletes. I feel like athletes are a good extreme example. Exactly. How when you get injury, you can't heal from it. And then Mm -hmm. how you see you heal and the next year back out there. Whereas sometimes as a, as a person who's not an athlete, you get healed and it's over for you. And if you look at athletes, no, like they beat up their bodies all the time. Time and then next right. year back to the field. Not always healed though, but I just exactly yeah. I just say that to give people hope that it's possible to yeah. heal. But as mm-hmm. you said, it takes it takes so much time. I don't think pe- I think people also don't get to see that side of it. Like they don't get to see. They only see athletes in their best form. Even with you know singers and pop stars, they only see them when they look the way that they're supposed to look. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't see the training that happens. They don't see the fact that, you know, dieting is hard. These people have private chefs, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a different journey for everybody. And I think it's really important. I, I wish that the industry would do more of showing the entire process to people so that they aren't so discouraged when they're like, well, this singer popped up with a six pack. I'm like, well, yeah, it's time. <laughs> you just <laughs> time, take your time. So yeah, you're absolutely right. 
And I think people are some people that are conscious, like you said, like you are showing more the process. Okay, this is me in the gym. This is what I'm eating and showing yeah. the different steps that it takes. So can you talk a little bit, because I know you have a certification. So can you talk a little bit about your offerings and how you are creating a healthier space for people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So I created Asa Enterprises. It started with um, the Asa Dance Fitness Program. And that's like a combination of... Um, we only play African music, so it's Afrobeat, Sukusun, Don Below, Makosa, maybe a little bit of Soka, um, and South African music, East African music. And it's based, it's actually based on the Ndombolo movement, which is from the Congo. So way back when um, they have something they call in Congo called Nkumba, and that is your womb. So I know you guys have seen the whining. You saw it in the class. Right. Yes, that was whining motion. <laughs> I mean, you winded us for a long time. <laughs> you gotta do it. You gotta do it. So <laughs> that movement was created centuries ago um, to strengthen the womb so that women would be able to give birth um, safely, women would be able to recover from birth a little better. And then the men started doing it as kind of a tribute to women. And then over the centuries, you know, it, it made with different kind of migrations. It made its way through East, um, West Africa, East Africa, and then over into the Caribbean. So that's where that wine comes from. And then, you know, I realized that in the beginning, it is a crazy core workout if you do it right. And then if you add the squat position, because traditionally, you know, when you do it at the performance, your heels are kind of up. But, you know, when you start adding fitness and stuff, you got to switch the form a little bit. So Asa is kind of based on that. And it's really fun. Um, it taught it's more muscle targeting than a cardio workout. So that um, for me, creating that space and certifying instructors, it, it also created a community. I didn't realize that was happening, but it created a community of people who started to take their health a little bit more seriously. So from there, I started offering um, personal training and rehabilitation services. Um, Had to close the studio with the pandemic, but I'm still doing it virtually. Um, And then from there, I created my performing uh, company uh, because, you know, people like to dance. People like to see what it looks like on stage with all the costumes and the glamour and everything. And then we came up with the, um, the apparel line so people can, you know, get into this whole culture of it. And it just created this whole world of things. Um, so yeah, we offer tons of classes. Uh, my favorite part is certifying other people. You know, they are not just equipped in choreography, but you know, my sister is a hospitalist. She's an internal medicine physician and she helps me with the coaching. Um, I bring in different people so they, the certified instructors are studying for training for four months before they're done certifying after they audition. So when they teach you, they're not just dancing and moving in front of you, but they're actually helping you to progress. Um, so yeah, between the classes and the one-on-one sessions, I'm just, you know, and then the dancing, the choreo classes, because sometimes, you know, you don't want to think too much. You just want to move. So I'm just trying to create this whole world of health and culture. I love that. And thank you so much for breaking it down for us, because I think it's it's so important 
for, you know, you to create your own spaces. Like you said, if you, if you see people, you're going to see people out there doing it differently, but you have to decide how you want to do it. And I love that not only have you decided how you want to do it, but you're creating like a space for people to join you in your style and your vision and your way. And I feel like, especially when you are a leader, like you are, you kind of have to step into your power and be willing to do that. And it's not easy, but if you are, <laughs> yeah, look that, how that and I'm glad you said because that is still something I'm challenged I'm challenged with. I'm one of the younger siblings, you know, so I've never had I think the leadership is just it's in me based on who and where I come from. But to step into the spotlight is something I never wanted to do. You know, I even with the commercial work, I never wanted to be on stage. I never wanted to be in these videos. I always got, it's funny, I always get contracted as a choreographer behind the scenes. I don't want to be in front of the camera. You know, I don't like to speak, but you're absolutely right. When you create this world, you have to step into that light. And I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> well, you're doing it beautifully. So what has helped you really step into? Because, because you know, being part of the Love Dog community, you know, I'm definitely going to encourage you to like step mm-hmm. out more and teach mm-hmm. more. So what do you feel like is the most helpful for you um, in stepping fully into your power and allowing yourself to be seen as that leader, as that trendsetter? I would have to say um, the people and family, and it's a combination of not having a choice, you know, <laughs> when, when, you know, <laughs> in different ways, um, my family is just like, no, you have this. So if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. You need to do it. And my family is big on supporting me a hundred percent and also leaving me alone to figure it out. Um, and then it's also the people it's like, you know, when you have a gift and, and you have something to offer, it goes to waste if you can't actually help people. So people come to me saying, you know, I need something. I'm like, I can't send you off to someone who's not going to do it in a way where I know, will help you. So it's a combination of, I think, the world needing, without sounding arrogant, the world needing something that I can offer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just not wasting what I've been blessed with. So it's, um, and it's it's still, I'm an introvert. I can, I love being quiet. I don't like what the pandemic has put us in this lockdown, but, you know, I like to, I'm a homebody, you know, I don't need the spotlight, but it is, you know, we, we can't waste ourselves when we are a gift to everyone else. And that, that goes for everybody. Mm-hmm. You, everybody's a leader in some way, shape or form. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have something to offer that is going to make the world better or make the next person better, I genuinely don't think you have a choice but to step in that light. I love that. And I know you are inspiration to all the introverts. I consider myself an introverted extrovert and I have to, you know, even though I like being around people, there are some times when I just prefer, like I've, I've enjoyed the increased time at home, grounding, mm-hmm. going within mm-hmm. the spiritual time. And I love that you bring that out because it's a lot of people who are like, well, who am I to be in the spotlight? Who am I to lead? But I love yeah. that you we all can be leaders because just like nature, we're all meant to shine. The capacity of that shine is totally up to us. And so I'm glad you're stepping into your power. I love your I'm trying. (laughs) 
I want to take more. I want more classes. Like I want to have you at Get Loved Up Studios. Oh, I'm here. I am here. Anytime. I am here. Like I said, once spirit connects, like once I'm, I connect with a certain energy, just call me anytime I'm here. I love that. And I'm definitely going to be calling you because we want to wind it in the Get Loved Let's Up go. Studios. It's, oh, listen, it's so liberating. Yes. Just let just just let go. <laughs> And I feel like it's so important. That's a that's a huge way that I release. Like we have a hashtag dance daily. Um, and just, you know, when things get heavy and you get stressed, like just dance it. And, you know, you teach structure and choreography, but just like free aesthetic and I, dancing. And I try to do that. And I think that's what I'm trying to do. But I don't know if you saw that 10 minute challenge that I've been doing. It's like you don't have time to perfect it. Right. Like, and I think that's so much. That's the problem nowadays. People think if it's not perfect choreo then it's not dance no look at the babies they move with no <laughs> kind of anything they don't need anybody they don't need any music and we have to get back to that when you need like when you don't know what else to do you can't figure out what's going on with you why you're feeling weird just move you yes. know whatever that means I know so many dancers who have gone through so many stages of depression and they can't figure out why. I'm like, when was the last time you got in the studio or in your living room and just moved? And I think it's it's hard to figure out because when you're in that, that state, you don't want to move, right? But you have to push yourself out of that. And just like you said, just dance daily, just move on the way to the bathroom, in the <laughs> kitchen, like do what you have to do. Just keep keep moving i try to tell that that's that's what i'm saying i find myself saying that over and over again like keep going yeah keep going if you don't know even if you don't know what direction just keep going the only real hard part is staying still but just you know move <laughs> you're absolutely right dance daily <laughs> I love that. And that's what I love about your teaching is you do give instruction and then you're like, just let it go. Just like, so yeah. that I really love your style and the way you, you teach some things that are a lot of fun and, and in the movement. And then you allow people that freedom and your, your encouragement and the way that you smile and just your energy, the, everything you do, you encourage a lot of people who weren't even going to do that portion. Like I was Ooh, the yes. comments, and they're like, but she's having so much fun and she's so excited. <laughs> So I'm going to try. So it's like your energy yeah. alone really does touch people. And I think that's something to be said, like, even like you were speaking before, like someone can look a certain way, but they might be like, oh, if someone doesn't get it, like, oh, okay, I'm not a good teacher or whatever. But I think your authentic spirit of doing it for the community and wanting people really to just move, it comes off in your teaching. It oh. comes off in your smile. It comes that's off in your energy. Confident. Yeah, Thank it really you. does. Thank you. I feel so useful. <laughs> you are. You are. You are such a blessing. You're such an inspiration. And you don't know. I know it's going to be thousands and thousands of more people who you touch by just saying yes. And just by being you, because sometimes that's what people are looking for. They want to feel loved. They want to feel accepted. They want to feel like they can mess up and not be judged. And if they yes. do mess up, that they're still OK. And the world's not going to end. The world's not going to end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for seeing that. Thank you. Wow. 
Wow. And the beautiful thing is that you also know how to, when you have an audience, but even when you don't have an audience, you still know how to speak to the audience. And I think that's important when you're doing like recordings or when you're doing classes, because a lot of times in the virtual world, things are pre-recorded and there's like disconnection, Mm -hmm. but I feel like you have a good way, um, whether it's live or whether it's recorded to really connect and know what the person is going through. And I think you have that because you've been there and you've done it. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It it has been hard, but it's just like, you kind of have to take yourself out of where you are yeah. And and all honesty, I think that's what's gotten me through this pandemic is just mm-hmm. putting myself back in that studio. Um, and I, I, I kind of want people to do that themselves. I have so many of my old class participants who are like, I can't take your class virtually. I, I, I need your energy. And I'm like, then, you, you know, at the end of the day, we got to adjust. We have to find a way to get that energy. And I think if you just place yourself back in that that time and space, then you can do it. And I think that is really the job of an instructor. And I think instructors get so lost in the choreo or get so lost in, you know, the, the workout or the set or the the position, but what is, what is your student going to walk away with? I think that that's, what's really important. So I, I try to, you know, even if I have to act a little crazy, if I have to scream at you with threats and love just to get you in that squat, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's no problem. I love that. And you did a lot of that loving, that loving energy <laughs> and that loving, um, they call it tough love. Um, it's tough love. It is. on your face with a huge I, I said all the time, you'll love me later. It's okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, as we start to come to the end of our session, I love to do a rapid fire so our community can get to know you a little bit better. So um, what is the best uh, book you've read um, during this last year? The Alchemist. I keep reading that over and over again. It's like when I need to find myself, I just go, I I don't even need to read the whole book. I just skim (laughs) any quote in that book. It's just like, for some reason, it applies to every stage of my life. So it would definitely be The Alchemist. I love that. I love that book. So good. And what about your favorite show? I know we've been on the TV a lot. Do you have a favorite show? Seinfeld is my favorite. <laughs> Nobody, I know no one would think that, but Seinfeld is my all-time favorite show. I just watch refund, reruns all day. <laughs> I love that. I have not seen that show in forever. You make me want to oh, And Go it's old it. or do they have new Oh no, they've been off since the nineties, but for some reason, it's just like my, my, me and my sister talk about, you know how you can, um, people say the Godfather can apply to any situation. It's Seinfeld. Seinfeld, we just, (laughs) (laughs) Seinfeld lines be applied to any situation. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just like weird sarcastic humor is my thing. So I watch Seinfeld all day. I love that. I also do. People don't know, but I have an addiction to um, Chinese martial arts movies Ooh. and series. So, yeah, that's between those two. I have absolutely no idea what's going on on Netflix like everybody else because I'm just watching 
Seinfeld and Chinese movies. I love that. I love that you have what get, gets it for you and what makes you feel good. And you're like, this is me. This is who I am. This is what it is. I love that. I love that. Because, you know, it's not always about keeping up with the latest trends. Sometimes it's just yeah. doing whatever makes you feel good. You I mean, got to do it. I used to do it. I used to try. And, you know, even with dance, I used to be like, okay, I have to follow the latest Afrobeats accounts and I have to. And then, you know what it did is it really stifled my style. Because I was just so heavy on trying to keep up with the trends, especially with the pandemic. And I'm just like, okay, no, let's center and just do what works for you. Do what works for you. I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that. And last question, if we could wake up and it was Akosia's world, what would it look like? Oh, you know what? Um... That's a really good question. And my answer will probably be really weird, but I don't think I would, it would probably just look like today. You know, for I've had, especially in the last couple of years with all the loss in my family, I've always wanted to be like, you know, that they have to be different. Something has to be different. I wish it was different. I wish it was different, but I think we can't really try and question why things happen or try and change things. It, um, as much as I would like things to be different, um, the second I think that way, I'm reminded of why it happened and, and what came from why these things happened. So if it was my world, everyone woke up in my world, I think you'd just be living your own life with more understanding of why things happen. But I, I definitely, I've gotten to a point in my life where I don't want any fantasy. I don't want anything to change because your perspective would just be completely off and you don't know what blessings you would block. I love that. That is so deep. I've never heard that perspective before. And I love it because it brings it back to um, the presence and realizing yeah. that in every moment, you can choose to step back into spirit. And when you step back into that divine alignment with love, that's what it is. Yeah, and I think nothing teaches you that more than hard times. Mm. So, you know, as as you said, dance daily, keep going. I love that. (laughs) I love that. And where can everyone find you if they want to come and hang out? Yeah, Um, go to my Instagram, uh, akosia underscore asa, or you can go to asa fitness. Um, asafitness.com all of my stuff is connected so if you want to just one place to go everybody's on Instagram just go to akosia underscore asa and then everything you need is there Um, and then if you want the website just asafitness.com I love that well thank you so much for being here I really appreciate you and I cannot wait I definitely will be reaching out to you about Get Loved Up (laughs) I look forward to it definitely Awesome. And thank you all so much for listening. If you haven't already, please leave a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment. Let us know your biggest takeaway um, from today's show. And also let us know what you want to see more of. And until next time, get loved up, love yourself, love others, and love the world one day at a time, one breath at a time. Peace and love. I just want to take a moment to say thank you for being part of the Get Loved Up community. 
I like to share topics and people making a positive impact in the world, and your feedback means the world to me. If you haven't already left a review, please leave a five-star review and let me know what you want to hear more of on the show. I'm here for you, and together, we're making the world a better place, one day at a time, one show at a time. Thank you for listening.